you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Good evening. I'm Dr. Gina, and this is Primetime. There's a lot of pressure coming out from the left to cower and to profess that the 2020 presidential election was completely legitimate. There was no fraud. There were no irregularities. It's what you'll hear every day if you turn on just about any other network. If you mention election fraud on social media, your post is covered with a warning label that the fact checkers say this is false, or they might just suspend your social media account altogether, or you might get banned from airplanes or get your, get, you know, have people show up at your house. Who knows? In the corporate world, blacklists are being compiled. One could lose their job or their livelihood or a business owner could be boycotted for questioning the election. The purveyors of fact in the mainstream locust news media will call you a liar if you don't accept the election results 100% without any question whatsoever. And that's exactly what happened to Senator Rand Paul this weekend on ABC's Sunday morning news show hosted by George Stephanopoulos. Stephanopoulos pressured Senator Paul multiple times to admit that the election of Joe Biden was completely legitimate with no questions and that it's a lie to say anything otherwise. Watch this. No, no, no election is perfect, but there, there were 86 challenges filed by President Trump and his allies in court. All were dismissed. Every state certified the results after investigations, counts, and recounts. The de Department of Justice, led by William Barr, said there's no widespread evidence of fraud. Can't you just say the words, this yeah. election was well, not what stolen? what I would suggest is... What I would suggest is that if we want greater confidence in our elections, and 75% of Republicans agree with me, is that we do need to look at inte election integrity, and we do need to see if we can uh, restore confidence in the elections. He just wanted Rand Paul to say those precious words. The election was not stolen. And when the senator wouldn't say that, the conversation got much more heated. Watch. Well, 75 percent of Republicans agree with you because they were fed a big lie by President Trump and his supporters who say the election was stolen. Why can't you say? Well, I think where President you make, I think, I think where you make a mistake. In, uh, hey, George, 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 where you make a mistake is that people coming from the liberal side like you, you immediately say everything's a lie instead of saying there are two sides to everything. Historically, what would happen is if I said that I thought there was fraud, you would interview someone else who said there wasn't. But now you insert yourself in the middle and say the absolute well, fact is that everything I'm saying is a lie. Well, because, but I would Senator, I said what the president said was a lie because he to. said, hold we're on a second. To. He said the election was stolen. This election was not stolen. This the results were certified in every you're single was, state you're saying, after counts saying, and recounts. You're saying that absolutely it was. You're saying there was no fraud and it's all been investigated. And that's just not true. So it's not what I said, sir. I said the Department of Justice found no evidence. Let me, Let me finish. finish my point. No, you say you said lie. something that was you, not true. You say we're all liars. You're just simply saying we're all liars. And I said it was a lie that the election was stolen. The premise that you're right and we're wrong. Comply, Senator. You are not welcome to your own opinion, or we will cancel you. I tell you what, I'm showing you a lot of this interview today because it is so important. 
George Stephanopoulos is one of the toughest liberal interviews in the media industries, and Rand Paul, he was prepared. He stayed calm. He brought the facts. Continue watching. Well, let, no, well, let's, let's talk about the specifics of it. In Wisconsin, tens of thousands of absentee votes had only the name on them and no address. Historically, those were thrown out this time. They weren't. They made special accommodations because they said, oh, it's a pandemic and people forgot what their address was. So they changed the law after the fact. That is wrong. That's unconstitutional. And I plan on spending the next two years going around state to state and fixing these problems. And I won't be cowed by liberals in the media who say, there's no evidence here and you're a liar if you talk about election fraud. No, let's have an open debate. It's a free country. Right. Opinions on both sides should be welcome. And that's what everybody out there needs to be ready to do. Have examples of instances of proven fraud irregularities and be ready to recite those when you find yourself in a situation. Simply state the facts. Don't get emotional. The left is demanding that you believe what they tell you you can believe. And they are asking you to say it out loud regardless of what you believe. And be ready because the left... They are very prepared. And I know we've already watched a lot of this interview, and I never do this on my show. But this is so important to study. Stephanopoulos, he's one of the best. He really is. And I know some people want to discredit him and say, well, he was a political hack who then became, you know, what was supposed to be a news person who's really a business person. True, all of that. Uh, but he was up against Rand Paul, who was ready for everything he threw at him. But George Stephanopoulos, he wasn't done. He was ready. He came back with his talking points. Watch this. It, there's, there is no widespread evidence of election fraud that overturned the results. That was stated as well by the Department of Justice, led by President Trump's attorney general. In Wisconsin, there were counts and recounts. Actually, it was the never studied. That, even that's certified. not true. Even that's not true. Even William that's Barr not said true. that said that. But there was... Yes, he said that. Yes, that was a pronouncement. There has been no examination, thorough examination of all the states to see what problems we had and see if they could fix them. And I won't be cowed by people saying, oh, you're a liar. That's the problem with the media today is they say all Republicans are liars and everything we say is a lie. There are two sides to every story. Interview somebody on the other side, but don't insert yourself into the story to say we're all liars because we Sir, some fraud. Critical, critical. He says, you're supposed to be in the middle. Let somebody else come on and argue, argue the other side, but don't you serve as the other side. So there are two sides to every story. Well, not in this case, apparently. Watch. There are not, there are not, two, there are not two sides to the story. This has been looked at in every single state. The election oh, sure there are. certified there are in every single state. There are two sides to every state. story. George, you're forgetting who you are. You're forgetting who you are as a journalist. If you think there's only one side, you're inserting yourself into the story to say, I'm a liar because I want to look at election fraud and I want to look at secretaries of state who illegally change the voter laws without the permission of their state legislatures. That is incontrovertible. It happened. And you can't just sweep that under the rug and say, oh, nothing to see here. And everybody's a liar. And you're a fool if you bring this up. And there you go. There are two sides to every story, unless you disagree with the mainstream corporate, mainstream corporate news media and their fact checker, checkers. And I only disagree with one thing that Rand Paul said there. He said George Stephanopoulos was a journalist. He isn't. He's worked for the Clintons for years, including in the Clinton White House, until he moved over to the media industry. Coming up, we are going to talk to Senator Rand Paul himself right here on this show, so you're not going to want to miss that. But first, we want to go to our host and correspondents around the country. Let's check in with Carrie Sheffield, host of Just the News AM, with a report on media bias. Imagine that. Go, Carrie.
Hey there, Dr. Gina. I want to give you the latest on media bias. So people are comparing the media's coverage of Joe Biden's inauguration versus Donald Trump's inauguration. And of course, it couldn't be more different night and day. So the mainstream media now is just fawning over Joe Biden during the inauguration. For example, John Dickerson over at CBS, he says this is Joe Biden's day, but actually it's not Joe Biden's day. It's the country's day. Over at NBC News, Chuck Todd from Meet the Press calls Biden, quote, the better angel president, a breath of fresh air and a man who gave Americans permission to feel good about who we are. No mention there from Chuck Todd about the criticism that Trump gave over and over of people like Barack Obama saying that it's time to stop apologizing for being American. No discussion of that there. On the other side, the New York Times, shockingly, actually fired one of their editors after claiming to have chills watching Joe Biden's plane land. Lauren Wolf, an editor over at the Times Live section, tweeted on Tuesday that she got the chills watching Biden's plane land at Joint Fields Andrews the day before he was inaugurated to the presidency. And Wolf also slammed Trump for what she, she called pettiness of not sending a military plane to bring Biden to D.C., but Biden reportedly chose to bring his own plane rather than one from the government. She says she is upset because of cancel culture in response after she was fired. She said, it's hard to fathom all the talk of cancel culture on my timeline while I'm left without an income during a pandemic. I'm not an ideology. I'm a hardworking person who can no longer pay her bills. I think a lot of conservatives would say, hey, you know, this cancel culture, the left started it. Does the left want to continue it? Maybe we should hit the reset button here. A lot of folks are starting to have this conversation. But of course, this media bias, it's not going anywhere. We're going to keep tracking it. Now back to you, Dr. Gina. Hmm. Happens to be the topic of a lot of our show today, Carrie. So thank you so much. Now out to our West Coast contributor, Amanda Head. Amanda, you're out there keeping tabs on Governor Newsom, Governor Recall. I hear the clouds are partying out there in California. The headline from Just the News says this. Governor Gavin Newsom lifts the stay-at-home orders across the entire state. Amanda, what a difference a president can make. Do you think this sudden change in Newsom's attitude has more to do with the fact that Biden's there and and uh, they want to release things so that Biden looks good? I would say this is suspect <laughs> timing, wouldn't you? So here's the screwy Maybe. situation, though. Gavin Newsom is now stuck in a really, really hard situation because now he is stuck between the ire of people who feel like these mandates and, you know, extreme requirements and, and dictates from Gavin Newsom were completely unnecessary, arbitrary and, and basically for political power. And then he's also got the other side of the aisle of people who feel like he shouldn't be lifting these restrictions. So he's almost made the situation worse for himself in light of the 1.2 million signatures of the 1.5 million signatures required for the recall Gavin measure to go on the ballot in March. Now, you would think to yourself, OK, well, maybe he lifted these restrictions because the numbers are, are reflecting that California is much better with COVID right now. Well. As of January 24th, California has 3,109,151,000 COVID cases, resulting in 36,790 deaths. Now, that was from uh, uh, yesterday. That number has gone up. So what happened? Did the science change? Mm, nope. Well, actually, yeah. COVID conditions got worse. So listen to these numbers. 
The stay-at-home order was issued back on December 3rd. Now, this, of course, has been, you know, this vacillating COVID experience we've had in California between we're open, we're closed, we're sort of open, we're sort of closed. So on December 3rd, L.A. County hospitalizations were at 2,572, the day that he closed down California. Today, the day that he wants to reopen California, the cases are 6,697. So to be precise, because precision matters, compared to the day that he shut down California, we have 4,125 more hospitalizations. Now that is some hashtag liberal logic for you. It's very twisted, even for them. But Amanda, you shouldn't let math and science interfere with your radical leftist agenda. You're so confused. Contrive, comply, and conform to their narrative um, or just get canceled. Those are your options. Uh, Amanda, we always appreciate you being with us. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dr. Gina. And checking in with us now from Central Florida, the Fast File reporter at Just the News, Alex Nixberg. Alex, good to see you. Over at JustTheNews.com, you and the crew are closely following Biden's executive orders that he's unveiling each day. Tell us about that. Right. Well, as as you know, last week he unveiled a number of, of executive actions. This week... He's slated to unveil even more executive actions. Uh, already today, he's made a move related to uh, policies during the Trump era related to transgender troop service, and he's going to make even more moves. Um, I believe there's sort of a theme each day, but yeah, he's expected to make a number of moves this week with more executive actions as he's embarking on the first full week of his presidency this week. And also, there's a, a number of uh, items of news just in American politics in general today Sarah Huckabee Sanders, the former White House press secretary who served during the Trump administration at one point, she announced that she's going to be running for governor of Arkansas, which is actually something that President Trump had said previously that he hoped that she would do. Uh, I think I think it was at the time she was departing uh, from him from working for him. So he actually, I'm, assu- I'm assuming that that's still the case. He will probably be backing her. And uh, so she's going to be running, and for people who probably already realize this, but she's the daughter of Mike Huckabee, who is a former governor of Arkansas himself, who had an unsuccessful presidential bid. So she's going to be, she announced that she's going to be running today. Also, uh, in American political news, uh, Senator uh, Rob Portman, who's a Republican from the state of Ohio, uh, he announced that he's not going to be running in 2022. And that's significant because, you know, right now the Republicans have 50 seats in the Senate, which because uh, Senator Kamala Harris is the tie-breaking vote, if there's a 50-50 split, the Republicans do not have the edge right now in the Senate because there are 48 Democrats and two independents who caucus with the Democrats, giving the Democrats an edge in the Senate. So having an incumbent uh, who's going to be, you know, not running for re-election could prove problematic uh, for for the really precarious balance that the Republicans are hoping that they can they're hoping they can shift their balance back into their into their camp in 2022. And also uh, one other item I wanted to mention is that uh, we learned today that Senator Patrick Leahy is going to be presiding over the impeachment trial uh, for President Trump, which is interesting because you know normally in a presidential impeachment the person presiding would be the Chief Justice in this case it would be Chief Justice John Roberts. But as we all know, this is sort of an abnormal situation where the president who's getting impeached is actually not the president anymore. You know, he got impeached in the waning days of his presidency. So he's gone, but yet they're still pushing ahead with this impeachment trial. And so the president pro tem of the, of the Senate, uh, 
uh, Patrick Leahy is going to be presiding. We learned that today. And, of course, the impeachment articles are also supposed to be uh, delivered or transmitted over to the Senate today from the House, uh, which, you know, they passed them earlier this month, but they're actually supposed to get transmitted. And then I believe that the Senate is actually slated to begin, not even this month, it's slated to begin next month. Fascinating. Well, it's all popping every single day. Alex, thank you for keeping us up on that. We appreciate it. And coming up, I asked Senator Rand Paul about the upcoming impeachment trial in the Senate and about his go-around with George Stephanopoulos that you just saw. So stick around. You don't want to miss a moment. More Dr. Gina Primetime coming at you. Stay with us. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. And welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. Now, whether we like it or not, the impeachment trial is coming to the Senate. And whether it's constitutional or not, it's likely going to happen. So will the Republicans in the Senate stick together and stand up? to reject this ridiculous impeachment sham number two. Let's ask Senator Rand Paul. Senator, good to see you, great to have you. I believe this is your maiden voyage on my new show. Um, Senator, the obvious question first, how can you hold an impeachment trial for someone who's no longer in office? Well, I don't think it is constitutional. The Constitution is pretty plain on this. It says that you can impeach someone to remove them from office and that if you want to disqualify them from office, it's impeachment and disqualification. And Alan Dershowitz wrote about this the other day. He says it's not impeachment or disqualification. It's impeachment and disqualification. But you can't impeach somebody from office who's already left. And even the Democrats are acknowledging this. Even the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court really is acknowledging this because the Chief Justice says, well, guess what? I'm not coming over because an impeachment is for the president and Trump is no longer the president. So it's really a bizarre notion that they think that the American public are going to accept this as legitimate when the guy in charge of it is going to be a partisan Democrat who already voted for impeachment once. Exactly. Will there be an opportunity, you know, sometimes things that we don't like, court cases, for example, that we think are stupid, uh, still provide an opportunity for us to lay out facts that we wouldn't otherwise get to lay out before the American public. And so they backfire in some situations. Will there be an opportunity to lay out the election irregularities in the Senate trial? And will the mainstream media be able to continue to ignore all the facts that you so eloquently pointed out. Uh, we, we showed most of that interview, actually, with George Stephanopoulos, uh, that interview that you did um, in, in our first block. But we'll, we'll show more of it. But I just I want to know if we'll be able to put some of those facts out before the people, because the media has done a, a very good job of actually covering most of what you illuminated up completely. The, the interesting thing about an impeachment and the sort of unfortunate thing is, at least from the senator's point of view, is we don't really get to talk. And uh, there's not much argumentation or debate from senators. The president's lawyers will get to make a case and the president and his lawyers will make uh, the decision on what that case is. 
I continue to say, and will continue to say, that yes, there was fraud in the election. Whether or not it affected the election, we would only know if we investigated it. But since they have done everything possible to block an investigation, they say, oh, well, the courts have heard this. Well, the courts didn't hear this. Almost every one of the court cases were dismissed on standing which is a procedural you know, way of the court saying, we don't really want to hear this. And so they dismiss these things, but the battle is not over. And this is what I tell our people, because I know people are very frustrated. I talk to people at home, all the hardcore people that worked so hard for the president, they're like, I'm giving up. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do anything. I'm getting out of politics because, you know, nobody would defend the president. But I continue to defend the president, continue to defend the electoral integrity. And the way I'm going to do it is I plan on going to 35 state legislatures, the ones controlled by Republicans, and I plan on getting legislation introduced that will restore confidence. So number one, the legislation should forbid anybody from mailing or accessing applications to vote other than the individual voter. So you should have to put your own identifying information in to get an application to vote. We shouldn't have moveon.org soliciting you, but we also should not have the government of Georgia soliciting you to vote. That needs to be an individual voter function the way it's always done. We need to purge the rolls routinely and mandatorily. In my state, we had a Democrat who was, she was the Secretary of State for eight years. The federal government, through court order, told her she had to purge the rolls. She never did for eight years. We finally elected a Republican, and last year we were fortunate that Republican Secretary of State actually went through and started purging the rolls of illegal voters. So there's a lot of things we can do, but since the elections are run at the state level, we need to do it at the state legislative level. So what I tell people is don't give up on politics. Become more active at the state legislative right. level if you want to fix the elections. And I think a lot of people have speculated that the real motive here is to stop the president from running again, to humiliate him, to teach a lesson to people to sort of never, uh, you know, engage in these kinds of things again. Um, but, you know, here's my here's my thought. Um, as you mentioned, we talk to people every day who are, you know, sad and they're down and they're maybe going to step out. They, they believe their vote doesn't count. They believe their voice doesn't count. Even for those who do think their voice still counts, they're afraid their job's going to be affected. They're going to get canceled. They may have investigators show up at their front door. People are getting arrested. Citizens, activists, um, you know, uh, innocent people all the time. They get beat up like you did uh, just for being at home, uh, you know. And so it is it's a hard thing to be a Trump supporter. People say it every single day. Um, so my question for you, Senator, because I want to talk to not the Trump campaign workers, um, you know, not even the senators and the, and the congressmen um, and not even the, the high profile activists. I want to talk to the mom and pop who are watching this show right now who have been through this whole thing. And I want you to tell them what they can do to support your action in 35 states, because this is really important what you're doing. And I love this. And that's why I called our friend Sergio and said, I've got to get the senator on my show tonight, because there is a world out there who is hurting and discouraged right now. And I want you to talk to them and tell them what are their action steps to help you with this senator? And how can we be a part of this? The first thing you need to do is call up your state representative. State representative has a fairly small block of people that they represent. You can probably get their phone number. You can call them. Most state representatives, you can probably call at their house and talk to them. You call them up and you say, look, 
I'm concerned. I don't know that my vote's counting, and I want the election to have more integrity. I want people to have to show an ID. I don't want people voting by mail. I want this to be a, a an election that I can believe in the next time around. And you say, I want election reforms. And even if you live in a Republican state, precisely if you live in a Republican state, you have a chance of fixing this. But they won't do it unless they get hundreds and hundreds of phone calls. So rather than give up on this, you know, get back involved and get involved at the local level. The other thing about it is, is most elections that are big and beyond us, either Congress, Senate or the president, we think, oh, how could we ever influence that? It's so big. You can influence it, but it's harder. State rep race. If you and 20 people got together and said, we're going to support so and so because this guy or this woman won't do election reform, you can win a state rep seat. State rep seats are winnable at the local level with local activism. So I'd say by all means do it. But I would also say don't give up. And I'll give you an example from my family. In 1976, my dad lost an election by 200 votes out of 200,000. But interestingly, we found precincts where people voted, sometimes 13 people voted from one house. They voted from vacant lots. They voted from P.O. boxes. We found an entire precinct in the same handwriting, 100% turnout where he got zero votes. So irregularities, fraud, these kind of things have happened. We came back the next time and he won by about 500 or 1,000 votes, but we got poll watchers in every precinct. We went to the precincts where Republicans normally don't get votes, and we sat down at the table, and they sat there and watched them count the votes so they couldn't count the votes with just the Democrats around. And guess what? You can win, but you have to do this. And uh, I, I think it's terrible what happened the last election, but we can't give up. We just have to keep fighting. Yeah, absolutely. And to know the facts, like you said in that interview that we played in the first segment, to know the facts of what happened in this election and to be able to repeat them calmly as you did in that interview with Mr. Stephanopoulos. Um, and I think to be able to point to standing as, as the reason that all of those cases were thrown out, that is so, so important to understand that there's a difference between losing a case and for it to be thrown out because of standing, so critical. And also to be able to point to one fact that you pointed to, Senator, that I think was so critical, um, and that is that what Mr. Stephanopoulos did in that interview was to step in as your opponent, rather than to have someone on that show with you to take you on. He stood there, called you a liar, and said, uh, you know, and acted as your opponent, um, rather than letting there be a media debate with him as a moderator. That's how media has changed. Phenomenal job, Senator. I don't usually gush all over my guests like this, but I really just thought that was exceptional, and I wish our other Senator and elected, elected officials would stand the way you did in that particular interview and would be taking action that would prevent um, election foul-ups uh, in the future so that people could feel confident in their votes. That's all we're asking for, free and fair elections. Thank you for fighting for them. Thank you. All right, coming up, COVID is disappearing now that Biden has entered the Oval Office. It's quite miraculous, and we're going to tell you more about it up next. More Dr. Gina Primetime coming up. Stick around. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. It's a miracle. COVID disappearing. 
Now, I mean, really, we didn't even need a vaccine. All we needed was Joe Biden. I know that he doesn't look like he could do much, but all he had to do was walk into the Oval Office, and it's a miracle. COVID is cured, apparently. Anyway, a great column over at townhall.com by Kevin McCullough. Breaks it all down. Kevin McCullough himself joining us right now. Kevin, great to see you. Kevin, I haven't heard the latest tally of COVID deaths uh, in several days. Well, actually, that's not true. Well, I just had the California uh, tally. Uh, but will you tell us what happened and how it is that Joe Biden's walking in the Oval Office, just his mere why he's like Jesus or something, uh, cured COVID? Well, it's interesting, Gina, because really what happened was about 12.01 on Wednesday of last week, you all of a sudden had that that lower box that had been on all the cable channels with all the numbers and the flashing zingers and stuff. And, you know, how many died and how many new infections were had and all the rest. And then all of a sudden at like 12.02, poof, just gone. Get, couldn't see it again anywhere. I couldn't find it anywhere. I was like looking for it. I wanted to know. I was very concerned. Evidently, the, the, the virus that was destroying all of Middle Earth had just vanished. And uh, I, I would I would beg to say, I don't know that it's reappeared on any of those channels since then. Crazy, crazy. And uh, and you wrote all about this at uh, townhall.com as you write your column all the time. And I try to retweet those whenever I can. Of course, I went to your Twitter to retweet it. And of course, you are banished. You bad man. Yes. You've been canceled. Yes. Uh, yeah. And so um, but anyway, um, and so now although, although that, a bit of a bit yes. of an update on that, Gina, is that yes. uh, there, we have a very good legal team that are meeting tomorrow morning at 830. To take up that very issue so we'll we'll see where that ends up in a couple of weeks as we talked about last week here on the show with you and uh yeah apparently that's where we're all gonna have to go is uh, get litigious because uh we're all just all being canceled over things i heard uh gosh brandon straka was arrested today cheryl Atkinson uh now has the irs coming after her um you know it's just it's it's a world of crazy out there um but on another note i wanted to ask you about this i told you this was breaking just as i as i um as we came in and you you have a problem with this is something we've been grappling with on the show. I find it fascinating. I've never in my life liked the idea of a third party. We had a debate about it just last week here on the show with Maggie Vandenberg and uh, John Fredericks um, on the idea of this Patriot Party or MAGA Party or whatever you want to call it. This has been um, brought up over and over again. We're going to do more debates on this show about it. But John Solomon uh, did apparently a, a, a poll, and it's quite shocking um, because the shock poll says this, a Patriot Party would win almost a quarter of the votes and drop the GOP into third place if such an election were held today. Kevin, your comments on that. Well, I, I know that we have some historical issues with third parties, and they've never been good ones. The Reform Party uh, cost H.W. Bush the, the presidency to Bill Clinton, um, and you've had, uh, no matter how well-intended the Ross Perot's or Teddy Roosevelt's have been in the past, and no matter how much money they've spent, they've never been able to Con, you know, congeal a base, make that base effective, and then really transfer the appeal of that base to the independents and to the middle of, of the uh, of the country that you really need to grab in order to develop a dominant political force. I'm not saying that Trump or MAGA or the Patriot Party couldn't do that, but I'm just I'm so hesitant to say that that's the direction we should put all of our efforts in because what I'd really like to do is get like-minded independents, Republicans, conservatives 
right of center, even left of center people that are uh, of, of like mind with us and go push for election integrity, get voting rolls cleaned up, get uh, polls ready to go in 2022, because I think you'd have more fundamental factual success by correcting some of the corruption that's there instead of starting out on a brand new thing and kind of reinventing the wheel. I could be wrong, and I leave I leave myself room for that. It just doesn't... I, I get very tense about uh, third parties. Yeah, yeah, I understand it. I, I remember, you know, when we were sort of formulating the, the tenets of the Tea Party, and we were talking about, you know, uh, who were the disgruntled leftists, because a true classic liberal is really more of what we call today a Republican, at least if you look at the basic precepts of uh, the Republican Party, um, and versus certainly what the liberals are doing today, which is no free speech, uh, basically no fundamental rights whatsoever, um, no constitution whatsoever. Um, and, and so when you look at it like that, you think, gosh, are there enough disgruntled? And this is really kind of where we came down in, the, in our debate last week with John Fredericks and Maggie, um, was, you know, might there be enough disgruntled, you know, walkaway sorts to bring them over uh, to a real freedom patriot party at this point? Is that a possibility? I don't know. As long as mail-in ballots can be counted after day of ballots, I think we've got bigger problems than that. And that's, that's I mean, I'm not trying to be trivial. I just think that's how simple it is. I, I was talking with a candidate actually here in New York City who would be an ideal mayor to replace Mayor de Blasio. He's been a Democrat in the past. He's currently kind of a Republican, was a Trump supporter. His name's John Katsimatidis. He's an uber billionaire, uh, grocer, uh, empire magnet, and does a really good job. I happen to have a privilege of getting to work with him a couple of times a week. I said, John, there's never been a more important time for someone of common sense and of genuine American values to run and become mayor of New York City. And he said, Kevin, I couldn't agree with you more, but what do you do when the mail-in ballots come? And I think that speaks to the cynicism that independents and Republicans and even some good-hearted Democrats have with where we are election-wise right now. I don't know if you saw that yeah. poll that came out about a couple of weeks ago, but it showed that even 23% of Democrats believe that this election process was a flawed, stolen process that Joe Biden benefited from. I mean, right. until until we fix that, I don't think that free elections are even going to matter. It's interesting you say that. And Rand Paul just talked about uh, what he plans to do about that. He's going to 35 states. He's going to teach them. Uh, we just had him on uh, talking about that. And I think there are lots of good plans being enacted. But you're absolutely right about that. And then you look at the fact in NBC's own poll, uh, the president, you know, still has such a high approval rating, Kevin, that I think what all of us think might not matter when it comes right down to it. Because I think wherever and when I say the president, I mean, President Trump, by the way, uh, wherever President Trump decides to go is where the MAGA movement is going to go. And that may not be up to you and me ultimately. But I, I didn't lose track of our original topic, too, Kevin. I want to kind of go back to that. Um, and, I, and I especially want to get your take on this. Um, New York City, um, you know, we had Amanda Head on at the beginning of the show also in our A segment, um, A Block. And I say I still am a radio person also. You can tell you can take the girl out of the radio, but she always goes back. Um, uh, and she was talking about how since the COVID rates have gone up in California, uh, now Newsom has decided suddenly to loosen the restrictions in California now that the COVID rates have gone up to the highest ever. Um, so I want to get your take on how things are going in New York. Well, isn't it funny 
how you have this uh, very um, isn't isn't it isn't it just odd that you have this this move by Gavin Newsom right now when the decision is being made to recall him. It's amazing what happens when suddenly your great consequence of your action starts to come home to roost, how sometimes that impacts your decision-making. not saying that's it totally, but they're very close on having the petition signatures to recall him, and all of a sudden he's deciding to open things up. In New York, I think you're not going to have anybody recall Cuomo. There's no recourse for the voters there. But it is interesting that this week, Whitmer, Cuomo, Murphy, Newsom, all made appearances this weekend without masks. Uh, basically saying, and Cuomo started saying a couple of weeks ago, we can't stay closed down. We have to have everything open up. If we don't open up things, we're never going to recover. He wasn't talking like that before Biden was inaugurated. It was like, it was, it's like there's this one light switch that got flipped. And then once it was, it's like, oh, okay, now we can open things up again. I want, I just want facts. I want truth. If there is a danger to society, uh, express what that is. Give us the science on it and help us to understand it. If you're just doing this for your own political gain, then, you know, we need to deal with you in a, in a you know, political consequential way. But we can't keep doing this, move the chess pieces around based on who we think it's going to benefit, uh, you know, from a power perspective. Yeah. Well, and the Biden press secretary, uh, Kevin, showed up again today with no mask on on federal property, which I thought was biden's own mandate so we're just all confused but as you said today on your radio show which i appear on every single monday uh kevin you know you said it yourself it's kind of fun for those of us who do talk for a living to be on the offense again and uh you they give us so much material and i said this uh today as well they give us so much material it's one thing for sure that the biden administration is better at than the trump administration and that is providing just hours and hours of comic relief for those of us who are watching this whole clown show go down, right, Kevin? So we'll keep watching and laughing, won't we? I think President Hansi, I mean, President Asterisk, I'm sorry, I mean, President uh, Prattle Baron, (laughs) I think think he's going to give us lots and lots of laughs in the next few weeks. As long as his, uh, as long as his administration may last, which may be at least a month or so. And then we'll have to deal with the Harris administration. We'll go from there. Exactly, exactly. All right, Kevin, thank you so much for being with us. We always appreciate you. See you on Monday. Coming. All right, see you Monday. Coming up, where will the president land in this wild, wild world of politics? Could he end up in Congress meeting President Trump again? I'm still calling him president. It's just, it's just a slip. It's just a slip. Rogan O'Hanley has quite a theory on that. You might know him as DC Drano. He'll be coming up next. More Dr. Gina Primetime coming around. Stay where you are. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. Now, I've been fortunate enough in the past several days to get some FaceTime with President Trump, and he's been in a great mood, I want to tell you that. He looks 
refreshed. He's ready to keep fighting. Uh, he's not going anywhere. He's assured me of that. Laura Trump assured us all of that on the show just last week. Um, but could he come back on the scene before 2024? Rogan O'Hanley, a.k.a. D.C. Drano, has quite a theory he shared over Twitter. But before we make the great reveal, uh, let's bring him in. Rogan, great to see you. I'll never forget the first time I met you. And I'd seen you a million times. But I remember the time you told me, I'm D.C. Drano. And I'm like, Oh, like the major light bulbs, because you are such a phenom uh, all over social media. And uh, so I, before I get to what you said, because I just think it's so important that we look at cancel culture quickly, um, how much of your social media has been taken away from you? Uh, well, I had a parlor account, just like everyone else that's currently inactive because of the big tech tyranny. But um, I'm currently suspended on Twitter for uh, saying we need election reform to get people to believe in our elections again. That was a big no-no. You're not allowed to say we need election reform, apparently. So, but other than that, I have not lost any accounts. Okay, all right. All right, let's uh, check out this tweet from your DC Drano account that has yet to be banned from Twitter. This is your timeline for how the president can get back in the Oval Office in two years. It says this, number one, Trump runs for Congress in Florida. Number two, red wave, reps control the House and Senate. Number three, Trump elected to Speaker of the House and Ted Cruz, Senate Majority Leader. Number four, impeach Biden and Kamala at the same time. Number five, both removed. Number six, Speaker of the House, third in line, so Trump presidency begins in 2023. Rogan, I just, I laughed so hard. I don't know that I've ever had someone on this show for one tweet, but that's some good stuff right there. Uh, should we lay out this plan? Actually, I already did send it on to my people in the Trump, in the Trump immediate circle. I'm not going to lie. I did. I thought it was so good. They had already seen it. I said, I actually, when I sent it, I said, I hope I'm not the 500th person to send this to you, but this is so good. And they said, ha ha. Yep. We love it too. So uh, the Trump people have all seen it. What did you hear about it? Well, it, I, it, the reception has been very positive, which I'm happy about. And yes, I have heard from people close to Trump that, uh, you know, it's been passed along. So that was one option of two that I had made. That was kind of the, you know, wish list uh, uh, dream option. The other one, which was a, a bit more attainable and completely feasible, is Trump is Speaker of the House. And, uh, you know, once he's in running in a Florida congressional district, which, you know, Florida's MAGA country, he could walk into any district, uh, yep. you know, hey, Kevin McCarthy, love what you do, but step aside for a second. Trump speaker of the House. Now he's basically controlling a branch of government and he can impeach, uh, you know, Joe Biden or Kamala, whoever's in there in 2023. So it's just it's punching back. It, it's you know, we may not get the votes for a Senate removal but it is inflicting the same type of punishment that they did unjustifiably on President Trump. This is the type of fight that we have to have as conservatives going forward. We absolutely do. Rogan, I keep doing what you're doing. We love you on this show. Thanks for being with us. I want to have you back soon. We're almost out of time. I'm so sorry, because now it's time for Doctor's Orders. I think I figured out the real reason why there were a few people in crop circles who actually did vote for Biden and Harris. Yep, I did. I think I finally figured out something that the left and the socialists actually do better than conservatives. And even though I don't want to admit it, it's time we're honest about it, guys. 
I think people were really depressed the first couple of days they realized that, you know, jobs were going to disappear and the dude who couldn't figure out what town he's in is actually going to occupy the Oval Office and someone was going to instruct him to replace the bust of Winston Churchill with the socialist Cesar Chavez and somebody else is going to instruct him to erase every bit of the Trump legacy if at all possible. And it's not, by the way, but he is going to try. But hey, it's all an effort just to shuffle him into that Oval Office each day and get him to finish his prune juice in time to make a camera appearance or two and let us pass press secretary talk for him. Take it from someone who fell down the steps on my way uh, into the Oval Office one time, right there, uh, right in front of John Solomon. I was so embarrassed. That place is not ADA compliant and Joe Biden needs all the time he can get just to make it from one place to the other. But now back to what the socialists are better at. All of that would be pretty depressing if the whole thing weren't so comical to watch. Not only is the entire legacy locust media going to be out of work because they're going to have nothing to follow because this is the least transparent and the most predictable administration of all time, but Saturday Night Live and all the leftist commie comedians they're going to be out of jobs because what are they going to talk about? We're all just going to want to watch the Biden administration for entertainment. Nobody's going to need them anymore. We can simply turn on our television. And whether it's watching Biden stumble around to try to figure out how to use a pen or what's he signing or to watch the new press secretary try to figure out the names of the four press people present in the press briefing room. It's all hilarious. And then we get to witness antics like this one. But make no mistake, there will be a trial, and when that trial ends, senators will have to decide if they believe Donald John, Donald John Trump incited the erection. <laughs> Tell me honestly, conservatives, do we ever get to laugh this hard at the Trump administration? Never! Did the Trump administration provide the hours of comedy that the Biden administration has already provided for us? Don't we owe them a debt of gratitude? And now it is true that the Trump administration provided promises made, promises kept, like no administration ever in history. And it's true that the Trump administration provided untold wealth for millions of Americans, world peace, freedom from terror, COVID vaccine in record time, a list of accomplishments, too many to, to mention, but you can go to promiseskept.com and all that stuff. But they did not provide the level of comedy that this administration has already provided us in just a few days. Be honest, conservatives. You can see why the left wanted to elect these people, right? We never got this kind of laughter out of the Trump administration that we're getting out of this these groups of people, right? So we'll be laughing really hard until at least 22 when things start to change and we get back to business and elect conservatives again. Think of it like this. This is, this is what I've come to. Think of this like a big, long, drunken weekend. You know, for four years, we all worked really hard. We were down to business. We were making money. We were raising the stock market. We were lowering gas prices. We were putting people back to work. And so much was accomplished. It was a hard work week. You carried that heavy briefcase every day, all day, put your brains and your hearts into it all, and you made history. But now it's the weekend. Pop a beer, lean back in your easy chair, take nothing seriously, flip off the fake news, flip on social media, which means nothing anymore anyway, look at all the memes, 
it's all just one big hilarious joke. And hey, we'll play it for you every single day on this show and we'll laugh together. And then you can laugh even more with Live from Studio 6B with Damon and the gang right after this show because they never miss an opportunity to play all the funny stuff. So enjoy yourself. There's more material than you could ever want. They're going to keep it coming for us. And really, how much damage could this group of clowns actually accomplish? I know it's kind of scary to think. But IQ does, by the way, actually matter to efficacy. I'm just saying. So sit back. Enjoy the weekend. It'll be over soon. And yes, we're going to certainly have one big collective hangover at the end of the Biden administration, but it's nothing that a little conservative medicine won't fix. Trump isn't going anywhere, as I've repeated many times on this show, and the Trump family is roaring and ready to go, just as Laura Trump told us right here, sitting next to me last week. If you don't believe it, you can go to realamericasvoice.com and rewatch exactly what she said about that. And I'm going to keep telling it to you straight on my show won't be half as funny if it weren't for the material that the left is providing every single day. So we should almost thank them for the laughs they're providing. And so we're going to keep entertained for the next least few months until they uh, make some mistakes and uh, we get back in power. And so I appreciate all of you being here and watching every single night. And that's your doctor's orders for today. Thanks to all of you for joining me tonight. Thank you to everyone here at your new home for Re Real News here at Real America's Voice, RAV TV, live from Studio 6B. As I said, with Damon and the crew is up next. Hug your children. Love your God. You go boldly now and live the truth.